I laid it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cuddy. You ready? Yep. <clears throat> All right. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Nick Jackson. Welcome to Between Two Nicks. This week, I have my buddy Josh with me. What's up? And, uh,. Nick is still out with personal stuff, Nick Leno says. Um, so I uh, thought we would try another guest episode where basically I'm going to try something a little different with this guest episode. Um, kind of uh, see how it goes. Josh and I might make this a, a normal thing under a different show, but figured we might as well try it out here while, you know, we while the main show is on hiatus for the moment we will be back soon we're definitely coming back for our halloween episodes um i'll have nick make a post when we're coming back uh on instagram you can follow us between two nicks at gmail.com twitter between two nicks uh and did i say instagram and i said email that's the number two God damn, dude. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> um, but there were two movies that I wanted to talk about and I wanted to talk to Josh about that came out pretty recently. And a lot of people online really fucking loved them. And I absolutely hated them. Hated them. Both of them. <laughs> and so just right up top, they're pretty recent movies. Psycho Goreman. Psycho Gorman and Malignant. And um, if you haven't seen them, spoilers. That's your warning, basically. Um, and what? Yeah, don't at gonna, us. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm not gonna reply to you. Back instantly. up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so what I thought I would do is uh, just basically read the plots of Malignant and Psycho Gorman to Josh, then hear what he has to, you know how he reacts to the plot of the movie. And um, then uh, you can ask me questions or whatnot, and I'll tell him why I hated it and explain some of the parts in more detail. So, um, yeah, if you like this, let us know. If you don't, uh, go fuck yourself. But, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so here we go. Um, I'm going to start with Malignant. This is the new... 2021, directed by James Wan. Uh, I mean, he's pretty famous for horror movies at this point. He directed Insidious. He directed The Conjuring, Conjuring 2. He directed Aquaman. He directed one of the Fast and the Furious movies. Like, he's done some movies. He did Dead Silence. He's a really good director. And that's the funny thing about both of these movies, Malignant and Hmm. Psycho Goreman is both of the directors, I had super high hopes for them with these movies, and I was just so fucking disappointed. Well, it sounds like they got a good rap sheet, too, man. They got some uh, some good diversity in movies, dude. You got action, you got, you know, all kinds of different genres, you know? Have yeah. they now, so has James Wan done any other horror movies, did you say? Oh, that's all he's done. Uh, oh, okay. Insidious, The Conjuring... Uh, Dead Silence, um, Conjuring 2, obviously, um, 
which is a fuck ton of movies. But he okay. started with horror. Um, and then he branched out to like Aquaman and all that stuff? Yeah, he did. Well, first he did, uh, I can't remember which Fast and Furious. I think it was eight. I don't Dang. remember. But he Fast did and the one Furious of 21? <laughs> yeah, who, I couldn't tell you. Nick would probably know, honestly. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, he's done a lot of shit. Um, but what I wanted to oh, okay, so I'll explain the plot to you of Malignant. Okay. okay, well, people should know that I love movies, but I am not as versed in the horror movie scene. I've dipped my toe and have now been reintroduced as of late by Nick uh, to some of the sort of uh, staples, right? In horror movies? Yes, but you still haven't gotten to Hereditary, dude. I have not. I'm working my way. Dude, I haven't even seen Midsommar yet. Or Midsummer, whatever. Midsommar is... Midsommar is not really scary. It's, like, disturbing. It's disturbing. Okay, so we've got separate genres of horror. we got regular horror that scare you. And um, disturbing horror. Oh, subgenres. Dude. Disturbing it. is 100% a subgenre in horror. I mean... See? Like a Serbian film, Cannibal Holocaust, Faces of Death. Like, that's all. I mean, Midsommar's like dipping your toe into disturbing, but (sighs) it's completely believable. Everything that happens. That's what makes it so fun. Yeah. And from even you describing some of the disturbing movies to me before, I have felt disturbed. So, okay. I'm watching them now. Okay. Also, people should know that Nick has not even described this movie to me yet. So uh, this is a 100% fresh take. Uh, Nick Nick has seen the movie and obviously has some strong feelings about it. So speaking of disturbing movies, (laughs) um, no, actually it ties into malignant. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, so. I would say uh, if you were to make an iceberg of disturbing movies, um, I would say like tier one is like not disturbing, but just scary, like mm-hmm. like conjuring mama, that type of shit. Tier right. two is like Midsommar, this movie basket case, um, which oh. I'll get to more later on at, relates a lot to malignant and then tier three would be like human centipede type shit oh my Um, which is like high tier right like that's high disturbance uh it's getting there i mean i've seen some fucked up stuff josh like (laughs) i know okay but i'm talking about movies that are accessible where you don't have to buy them from europe and then, like, have a fake address <laughs> to get them sent to your house, or else you're going to get tracked by the FBI. Like, oh, I'm talking dude. about accessible movies for the public. <laughs> that you could rent on Prime. Yeah, that you could rent on Prime. Well, can you get Human Centipede on Prime? 100% you can't. Dude, it was on Netflix. Yikes. Okay. All three of them right. were on Netflix. Um, At one point. They took them off, though. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but they're like, oh, actually, but yeah, let's not do that. I would say uh, Midsommar is on the level of Basket Case. 
Like it's it's okay. slightly disturbing, but not like insanely disturbing. Okay, so malignant. I where oh would you put God. that? Okay, it's it's trying to be. It's it's uh... one point five. It's trying to be, and it fucking fails, dude. Okay, I'll read to you the plot, and then I'll tell you why it failed. Okay, for me. All right, I'm ready to receive this <laughs> movie fully or halfway (laughs) okay in 1993 dr florence weaver and her colleagues victor fields and john gregory treat psychiatric patient gabriel at simeon research hospital gabriel has special powers such as controlling electricity and broadcasting his thoughts via speakers one night (laughs) gabriel turns violent and kills several staff members of the institution that's super vague. <laughs> That's very vague. For one, that doesn't even explain, like, dude. So some of the shots in that scene, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you because I want to read you the plot, but we'll get back to this. Yeah, because I'll am gonna have some questions. Okay, one, I'll, I'll recap. One night, Gabriel turns violent and kills several staff members of the institution. Okay, 27 years later, Madison Lake, a pregnant woman living in Seattle, returns home to her husband, Derek Mitchell, after her pregnancy causes her to feel ill at work. During an argument, Derek smashes Madison's head against a wall, after which she locks herself in the bedroom and falls asleep. Madison, sus, right? Yeah. She doesn't go to the hospital. She, he, he just bashes her fucking head into the wall, and her head is like profusely bleeding. She locks herself in the bedroom and falls asleep. Oh, my. Madison later wakes up to find Derek's body after having had a dream of a man entering their house and violently killing him. The killer, who is still in the house, attacks Madison, rendering her unconscious. The The next morning, Madison wakes up in a hospital and is informed by her sister, Sydney, that her unborn baby did not survive the attack. After being interviewed by police detective Hikoa Shaw and his partner, Regina Moss, Madison returns home. Hikoa is a terrible name for the detective, by the way. Uh, therefore, Madison reveals to Sydney that she was adopted at eight years old. Wait, hmm. hold on, hold up. After, after being interviewed by police detective Hikoa Shaw and his partner, Regina Moss, <laughs> Madison returns home. There, Madison reveals to Sydney that she was adopted at eight years old. The killer kidnaps her running an underground tour. Madison has another vision, this time of the killer murdering Dr. Weaver. That's the doctor from the beginning. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. From the 27 years before. Okay. um, Who was treating Gabriel. Okay. Right. During their investigation, John Moss discover a photo of Madison as a child in Weaver's house and learn that Weaver specialized in child reconstructive surgery. Madison and her sister approach the police after Madison has another vision, this time of the killer murdering Dr. Fields. That's the other doctor from the beginning. The killer, okay. can con- the killer contacts Madison and re- reveals himself to be gay real. Madison's childhood imaginary friend. She and, 
she madison's a childhood imaginary friend who's also the Madison, thing from the okay. beginning madison's the chick gabriel yeah okay she and her sister visit their mother Jeannie to learn more madison realizes that gabe she and her sister visit their mother Jeannie to learn more okay madison realizes that gabriel was not her imaginary friend but someone real to whom she spoke to during her childhood. Shaw finds a link between the doctors and Madison, which leads him to discover Dr. Gregory's dead body. So that's the third victim. That uh, was one of the doctors that was working on Gabriel. Gregory uh, Weaver? No. So there was three doctors. Oh, okay. So Weaver, Fields, and now Gregory are dead. Got it. The detectives enlist the help of a psychiatric hypnotherapist, hoping to unlock Madison's memories. Madison recalls that her birth name is Emily May, and that Gabriel wanted her to kill her unborn sister. She came close to doing it, but was able to stop herself. The police arrest Madison when the kidnapped woman falls from the attic in her home, revealing that Gabriel was living inside her house. Dude, and that shit is fucking stupid. <laughs> the police does it go on? No, the police arrest Madison when the kidnapped woman falls from the attic in her home. She literally, dude, falls through the ceiling. What? <laughs> and so the, who's kidnapped? Emily May. Emily May no, no. is it's Madison's name. name. That's right. That's um, right. So I don't think you're supposed to know right now, but okay. the kidnapped woman is what people have told me is uh, the kidnapped woman is, is uh, Madison's mom. Oh, oh, okay. The police are... Okay. Got it. Okay, so... Here, yeah, we didn't get to it yet. Okay. Police arrest Madison when the kidnapped woman falls from the attic in her home. So in Madison's house, the kidnapped woman falls through the attic, revealing mm-hmm. that Gabriel was living inside her house. Okay. Hmm. The woman is Serena May, Madison's birth mother. Hmm. Sydney visits the now abandoned Simeon Hospital and finds and finds this out. Gabriel, the guy from the beginning, also mm-hmm, the killer, mm-hmm. is Emily's twin brother who lives within her body as an extreme version of a teratoma, sharing the same brain and spinal cord as Emily. During Emily's childhood, Gabriel appeared as a half-formed child facing out of Emily's back. What? Yeah. Okay. Cut off brother, dude. Oh, my. Cut off brother. Okay. So, just, uh, do you want me to read that to you again? No, I got it. Same brain and spinal cord as Emily. During Emily's childhood, half-formed child facing out of Emily's back. Weaver operated on Emily, that's the doctor, to uh-huh. cut out the parasitic tumor and sewed Gabriel back into her brain, which, why oh, the f- 
fuck would you do that? He okay. He was dormant during her childhood, but woke up when Derek hit her head against the wall. Gabriel's oh. Gabriel's and this is the most dumb fucking thing. Gabriel's face now emerges from the back of Madison's skull and operates her body backwards when he takes control. Explaining the killer's unnatural movements and the upside-down fingerprints at his crime scene. And then... Okay. So that happens. And then... And then this happens, okay? And this is like straight-up John Wick. (laughs) I'm not kidding to you. Like, it's like the Raid Redemption. Like, it's like... Like, okay, so okay, what Gabriel comes out and starts operating her backwards, right? Gabriel, Gabriel, provoked by fellow inmates in the lockup because she gets arrested. You know, Mm -hmm. you remember, takes full control of Madison's body, slaughters them and almost the entire precinct with superhuman strength and agility, and eventually leaves. She literally murders every single person in this fucking jail. Okay. Sydney and Shaw intercept him at the hospital where Serena is recovering from her captivity. That's the mom. Shaw yep. and Sydney are attacked by Gabriel. Sydney informs Madison that Gabriel is the cause of her miscarriages because he was feeding off her fetuses. Angry at the revelation, Madison wakes up and takes back control of her body, transporting both herself and Gabriel to a black mindscape. Madison locks in a disbelieving Gabe. Madison locks a disbelieving Gabriel behind bars, saying that she is now in the one in control and that Gabriel's powers are hers now. As hmm. which is is a stupid scene, dude. It's a stretch, okay. As Madison leaves Gabriel to rot in the mindscape, he insists to her that he will return one day. Madison replies that she'll be ready for him when he does and leaves the mindscape. Back in the hospital and in full control of her body, Madison lifts the hospital bed, pinning Sydney to the wall with her newly acquired strength. The pair... Oh, okay. The pair hug as Madison affirms that even though she was adopted and is not related by blood, she has been her sister all along and is proud to be so. As the two embrace, Serena looks on happily while the electric humming that accompanied accompanied Gabriel's attacks can be heard faintly. That's the ending? Yes. Oh, oh my dude. Okay, so... Can I give my initial reactions before they disappear from my brain? Yes. Dude, first of all, there are so many. There's so much, like, stretch in this movie. Like, it's so... It's absurd. It's trying... It's absurd. It's so absurd, but they're, like, trying to use science somewhere in there being like, oh... Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, this, uh, whatever condition where they're, you know, uh, joined or whatever, uh, teratoma, right? They're trying to use teratoma in there, but okay, first of all, there's like so much, like so many other movies in there, you know what I mean? You've got the back of the skull, 
like his face is protruding out like some yeah, kind of professor it, snipe or something yeah, like that dude, out of that's, like harry potter that's how it is dude is it's like so many different things it's like because then also what they don't go into a lot in this plot is is every time gabriel kills someone and she has like a vision the whole screen like melts which is kind of cool looking actually nice but like gabriel every time gabriel talks it like goes on to like a tv or a radio and it's like this really creepy voice and it's okay. like it's like is this a ghost movie yeah is this yeah. is this a cut off brother movie is this uh like what the fuck kind of movie is this supposed to be dude and then it goes and then it tries to do some like interstellar stuff like what it sounds like they go into some kind of like mindscape place and then she's like able to she basically yeah she goes into her own mind and locks and locks her fucking uh cut off brother gabriel into Mm -hmm. like a mind prison Dude, it's like they didn't commit enough to, like, one style or one... That's exactly my issue with the movie. Yeah. And if they're going to make it that ridiculous that it's like... Okay, so here's here's my biggest issues with the movie, okay? So... Biggest issues. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, the beginning scene, that, that scene that I explained to you... In 1993, the electricity. Yeah, the Gabriel has electricity. Special powers. One night, Gabriel turns violent and kills several staff members of the institution. Dude, Mm -hmm. it's so obvious that, like, okay, so it shows them carry this person downstairs into this basement room, and all you see is their feet. And it's. What's up? You're cut. You you were cutting up big time on that one. Right. Oh well. Well, we'll keep going. Okay. Um. So all you see is her feet. Well, okay. Their feet. You just see feet with like girly like panda socks. Oh. And then you see this person get strapped in a chair, and then they get taken into this other room, and then you see you hear the Gabriel voice. And then it pans back there and it's like this weird looking thing that you don't really know. And then you see the doctor come in and the doctor says, it's time to cut out the cancer. And she has like a syringe. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So that's her cutoff. That's a cutoff brother. Yeah. So you called it like immediately in the first part. And the the whole movie acts like it's a mystery. like and then people online are like i was so blown away by the reveal it went batshit insane i'm like how did you not know that that's what it was from point a Hmm. like okay so my also i'll say my frame of reference that made me jump to cut off brother is what this movie is ripping off which is basket case which I know you know that's one of my favorite movies. We've I done... actually listened to you guys' podcast. I was going to say, one yeah. of our first episodes was on Basket Case. And 
legitimately, the plot of Basket Case is almost identical to this movie, minus all the, like, paranormal bullshit. Right. Like, the, the, the plot of Basket Case is basically this dude shows up in New York City with a wicker basket, and right. he rents a hotel room, and he like goes out and like he has this wicker basket you find out he had a like conjoined twin brother that got cut off and it lives in the wicker basket and it gets out at night and kills people that's even who, better to me than this who does it you know kill I mean? who are the first people it kills <clears throat> oh the doctors that removed it, it who does oh who does my. gabriel kill the doc- so that's how i knew the first person he kills is the fucking woman doctor. Oh my. And we're and, talking 1982 basket case? Yes. Oh my. And okay. okay, so the first move the first woman um or the first person that um that Gabriel kills is the the, the doctor from the very beginning of the movie. And I'm like, and Gabe the Gabriel voice comes in when it kills when it kills the doctor. And it says, time to cut out the cancer. Oh, are you serious right now? Yes. And that's like 15 minutes into the movie. And I'm like, how does anyone think this is clever? Like, it's so fucking obvious. Yeah. yeah if, and... you're, if you're a fan of any kind of horror movie, by now, you're going, I know what this is. It's, it's so basket case. It's legitimately yeah. basket case. But also okay. added in a bullshit ghost angle and then some random bullshit John Wick crap at the very end to show that James Wan knows how to shoot an action scene. That's hilarious, but also the only way, because I was actually thinking about that when you were, when you told me that scene, I was like, okay, I'm trying to justify, but how is Gabriel all of a sudden know how to fight every it's well that's okay. exactly what austin said when we watched the movie is he goes but he how does gabriel in. yeah but how does he know karate dude well and that's the thing is that doesn't make sense you he can literally like he literally like does karate like he's doing parkour dude like he's like fucking bah, 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 like running up backwards like dude it looks like upgrade like it's cool I was until you realize that, <laughs> it, it's cool until you realize how dumb it is. So 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 far we've got basket case in the movie, Interstellar to me. Well, Harry I would Potter, say closer to Inception. Inception, there we go. In, okay, I get so what got, part in, of Interstellar you're talking about, where he's like behind the bookcase type shit. Yeah, the 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 Tesseract, but I think. Inception sounds better to what you're saying. So we've got Inception, Basket Case. We've got Harry Potter. We've got, and then now we have Upgrade because we both love well, Upgrade. Well, I would say but more, like honestly, okay, so what Gabriel, it's not Upgrade because what Gabriel looks like is like, I mean, it's her backwards. That's literally what, what yeah. he is. So it's no, like I get that, long, but, I'm saying, but it's like long and... black hair hanging it looks like john wick okay but here's the thing nick in upgrade uh the chip or computer has upgrade? all the knowledge you know yeah, what I'm saying? But, but in they're sharing a brain 
So how it does makes she no not know how to do that? Yeah, that's what no I'm sense. saying. It makes no sense. Even if he has powers that like powers don't no. <laughs> give you like karate powers. It uh, makes no, no fucking any, sense. Watch any superhero movie when they first are becoming a superhero. It's not like they know what to do with it. They just know they have powers and it's all clumsy and like well, the more. Fuck, the fucked up thing is, dude, in this scene is Gabriel doesn't use any of the powers that have been like shown throughout the entire movie. So basically it was a red herring to say he's got power. He also, all it's it's basically he just, knows... just, oh, he also now knows karate somehow. Yeah, like, what is he watching TV, like, kung fu movies, like, while was Emily like, is asleep? Or yeah, that's what, or what? I, Emily slash Madison. That's <laughs> what I was Madison. saying. I was like, I was telling, I was telling my brother, I was like, what is he fucking training in an MMA gym while she's fucking sleeping? Yeah, which is like, like iRobot, but yeah. What? Anyway. <laughs> it's so <laughs> dumb, dude. And then, so... Like, everyone online is just saying... And it's got, like, an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone online is saying, like, how clever well, this is and, like, how it's an homage to... How it's an homage to 80s horror and how it's super self-aware and he did it on purpose. I'm like, no, truly, I really think he made a shitty movie and he's just going with that now because that's how people are seeing it. I think he was... I think James Wan was literally trying to say something about mental health and how it lives inside your brain and it's your it's your responsibility to take control of it. That's what yeah. personally what I think the movie was trying to say. But it just failed so bad. And it, well it even failed on that front, Nick. I mean well, think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, then it... I think that the other thing too is he had his time split between the conjuring three and this movie uh and this and he, is the ugly he ended up of that movie <laughs> he ended up he ended up not doing conjuring three to do this and then later did conjuring three he never did conjuring conjuring three was directed by somebody else oh so he, he bowed out of it up. he wrote it and he was going oh, to direct no. it and he bowed out of it to do this that was a terrible career decision in but what pe- is but, what it sounds like but people love this movie okay here's the thing. you said it got a how much on rotten tomatoes like almost 80% at this point and when rotten tomatoes is is uh, uh, giving a percentage on the rotten tomatoes score it's critics, right? Or is it Rotten yes. Tomatoes like stat? Critics. That's the critic score was eighty percent. See, that is it blows my okay. mind. Okay, it, it that blows, blows my, my mind. mind. Even okay. just, dude, I wouldn't even have to watch the movie if you said, "Hey, Josh, here's what this movie's about," and then like decide if you want to watch it. Even what you just said, I would be super frustrated at the end because I'd be I was, like, "Dude." dude. Pick something. Pick, and people, pick well, yeah, a genre and people or are a like, storyline. You just don't get it. It was supposed to be ridiculous. I'm like, no, you're literally only looking at the quote-unquote twist, which, like, how did you – like, if you didn't know that that was the twist, A, I don't know how you didn't know. B, you've yeah. obviously never seen Basket Case. C, 
and like so b if you've never seen basket case that destroys your whole argument of oh it's an homage to movies like that well if you've never seen it how the fuck would you know and if you've seen basket case how would you not know that this is that what it sounds like from a perspective of people because i feel like i probably represent the people that would be like oh dude yeah but like even i'm more versed enough to be like wait a minute hang on a second you know what i mean like well yeah this isn't good this isn't good and like you You said there's like weird paranormal stuff for no reason and there's weird like (laughs) sci-fi stuff for no reason um and like you said, pick a lane. That's what I like pick about a Basket lane. Case way more. And I'm going to say a few more movies that I think are way better than Malignant. And, I mean, one of them being Basket Case. Like, just go watch that movie. Um, yeah. If you're looking for a movie with an insane twist like that, watch uh, Sleepaway Camp from 1983 with, uh, directed by Robert Hilt- Hiltzik a way better movie that twist you will never see coming and it makes no fucking sense and it doesn't need to be a part of the movie but it also makes that movie super memorable and hilarious Mm. and that's a super corny cheesy movie that's what people think that malignant is trying to be is basket case sleepaway camp type movies and it's fucking Mm -hmm. not it's just a bad movie well i'm you know i'm looking just briefly at some of the reasons IMDb, and by the way, it did not do well on IMDb. Uh, 6.3 out of 10, which is decent at best for a horror movie. Uh, many other horror movies have been rated higher, even James Wan movies rated higher. And it only got a 50 Metascore, which is the critic reviews. And Los Angeles Times uh, definitely basically said it's a sort of good movie, right? Like basically we're like, yeah, it's, it's they're basically what they're saying in their article is that they are, it it was trying, it was trying, but it kind of fell short and they were really trying to have like good taglines. And then they said in here, um, can a movie that's deficient in just about every way (laughs) be redeemed by an original twist? It's not original. And I was literally going to say that right now because you just told me it's not original. It's been done. It's it's literally been done? been done. I mean, there's really no other movie like Basket Case. Oh, okay. I mean, oh, wait, I feel I'm like sure there, there are. A, a but twin. Uh, what do we call this again? I feel like there was a... Twin. No, a teratoma. Yeah. Teratomatic twin. I feel like there was some some kind of movie like that. Well, I know it's been on a show before. Like oh, definitely there's been like, on shows. Like Dr. House, you know, and like all those freaking shows that are like medical shows. There's always like conjoined twin kind of stuff. So it makes me wonder where James Wan was at in his head. He when watched he was making Basket this movie. Like, Case. Yeah, he watched, well, and he's born in 1977. So it's definitely, you know, if that came out when he was seven years old and he watched it a few years later yeah absolutely and he thinks this is an original idea that's kind of sad in a way yeah i mean from somebody who wrote the conjuring 
Yeah, it, it could have been. And the other thing I think that killed this movie was the marketing. It was marketed as a ghost story. And I mean, there is enough paranormal shit in it to argue that it's a ghost story, but it's really not. It's not a ghost story it's at like, all. It's, it's actually too many a medical. <sighs> okay, so <sighs> what would you call in movie genres? Here, here's what it is, Nick. It's basically also a superpower kind of movie because where do those come? That's not paranormal per se. That is a superhero horror medical psychological thriller because you've got this conjoined twin that shares a brain and spinal cord there's the psychology right where like oh wow how do their consciousnesses like battle back and forth for who has control of the body well obviously when she falls asleep her consciousness is asleep and he can come out right so you can argue that there would be a psychological thriller aspect to that then you've got like superheroes <laughs> Somehow you've got like knowledge of karate moves and like all this stuff, and then powers. You said electricity and what? You said something else. You can like talk through fucking radios and shit. I mean, it makes no sense. You could justify that via like quantum physics, but even that, it's not still. It just Pick makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I agree with you. And there's so many different cop outs because it's like, first you think it's a slasher, then you think it's a fucking. Well, first you think it's a cut off brother movie, and then you're like, oh, it's a, it's a slasher. Oh, it's a paranormal movie. Oh, nope, it's a cut off brother paranormal slasher movie. What the fuck? <laughs> Par- paranormal. Cut, Cut off, off brother, brother slasher, slasher fight club fucking movie. And Harry Potter. But here's the thing. First of all, uh, sidebar. Uh, you still haven't seen one of the one of the greatest and most quoted TV series of all time. Uh, Peaky Blinders. Peaky fucking blinders. fucking blinders. Now, <laughs> did you know that the main actress is from, is Grace? From oh, really? Blinders? She's so fucking bad and malignant, dude. Annabelle Wallace. I'm telling you, Josh, she's fucking terrible and malignant. When 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 the mom heart. when the mom that falls, hurts my heart. I know, dude. When the mom falls through the attic, it pans up to her, and she when she screams and they arrest her, it is the most fake fucking scream I've ever seen in a horror movie. I was like, <laughs> I laughed, dude. I was crying. I was crying of laughter when that happened. I had to pause the movie. So, so in a way. This movie was the teratoma of of basket case. This movie or, was the, or basket case. This movie you is know what I'm saying, though? the fucking teratoma of <laughs> of horror, dude. And people are fucking praising Actually, the shit yeah. out of it, and I don't understand it. I want someone to write me a message and tell me why that they think this movie is good. 
Well, and I bet you at the end of the day, there's not going to be a good argument, and they're going to just revert back to it's it's Wong. It's James Wong, he, yeah. It's James and then, Wong. And also, oh, but cinematically, you know, it'll be all about, like, no, cinematics I, and thematics. And all. I mean, it's all CGI. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, it looks cool, but, like, okay, it's not impressive because it's all fucking computer. So it wasn't as impressive as, like, Emily Rose where she's, like, actually bending no. her back and like that? and even the backwards person is CGI. And it's not consistent. There's a part where he's walking out of a door. Like, he hmm. opens a door and walks out of it. But he opens the door, like, how a normal person would open a door. Which makes no sense if he's controlling her body backwards. Okay, and then also, <laughs> Nick... Because he's walking you're... out of the door backwards without looking at what's behind him. Oh my! Do you see what okay. I'm saying? Yes, but also, unless you're like a rare case, like in like the only person in the world to be double jointed enough to bend your fingers backwards and your arms backwards without injury the next day. Like, think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's like... the other thing. Is like her bones <laughs> don't break, dude. Her whole head, no. like her whole the thing comes out of her fucking head. Wait, how? It like peels her scalp apart and comes out of the back of her head. Yeah, see, no, that's where it's that's another stupid. Thing. It's stupid it, it, oh, because God, it's supposed dude. to be where Gabriel was, like the cutoff brother well, was. I mean, it I makes no that. sense, dude. But so basically, time... every time that he come out, she'd be in a full body cast every yeah, time. Dude. And and all I could think was, <laughs> all I could think was fucking Tom Green from Freddy Got Finger going on the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk back as fast as I can up the backwards man, the backwards man. <laughs> and then you were I'm like the singing to yourself, man. "Daddy, would you like some sausages?" Daddy, would I, every you like time. Some... Every time he came out, I was like, I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. I'm the backwards man. I I can walk backwards fast as he can. (laughs) So stupid, dude. But also, the hardest I've ever laughed at a movie, dude, was the first time time you see Gabriel behind the counter, and he's like like this fetus, huge fetus-looking thing in the back of this person's head, and he's like... Okay. You're just and dying of laughter. No, no. It's in the first five minutes, so you see it behind the sheet, so you don't fully oh, see it. Like, it's like a weird... You're like, what the hell? So, we're looking at this, me and my brother, and Austin goes, the fuck is that? <laughs> Dude, I um... cried. I cried. Because <laughs> I went... <laughs> I'm dying in this country ass fucked up town. I literally had to stop them. We had to watch the whole scene again. Because I lost it, dude. The fuck is that? This might be one of the most memeable horror movies, but not a good horror movie. It's not a good movie. Dude, somebody please, by the way, if you're listening, please make a, a TikTok and cut that up and stitch it to where the, that the happens. backwards man the backwards man and then also that, you mean the fuck is that 
the fuck is that? Dude, <laughs> it's literally a spoiler for the movie, even though it happens in the first five minutes. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what it sounds like. You're like, oh, yeah, this is a conjoined A cut-off brother. Whatever. I yeah, keep saying cut-off brother. Yeah, what is that? Is that a reference to a movie? I mean, that's what happened. It's like a conjoined cut-off thing. But that's what that's what happens in, in Basket Case. That's pretty much what happens in this. Well, I mean, it's mm. they were he was cut off, but also like the way that the doctor cut off Gabriel and then like basically mm-hmm. stuffed him all into the back of her brain. Well, and I okay, so you were arguing about that. That I could see, but I'm also not a neurologist. But I could see that being like, hey, they are sharing a neural network. We can't separate that part, or else they'll both no. die. But it's not just the head. They put Gabriel's whole shit. They like shove it into the back of her brain. Because maybe if his body dies, then it the his brain dies. Okay, it doesn't make sense, dude. I don't know enough about like science and neurology to know if like why couldn't you have just cut out the whole body and left the you know, brain? You know what I mean? And then part of me is like, this is the most perfect candidate for a lobotomy. Well, here's what I'll say to that, what? Nicholas, is I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Oh, my. Dude, I don't even know <laughs> if we have to talk about Psycho Gore, man. At this point? I mean, it's been 45 minutes. That's how long the episode with Brant was. Perf, dude. I mean, But I'll say this. Are we pausing right now? You can cut this out. Uh, no. Um, do you want to end it? Are we going to land the plane? Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, um, what would you give this out of? Ten. Let's just say at this point, not even out of 10, Nick. I think. Well, that's we what our normal out... scale is out of 10. That's correct. Okay. No. All right. What, what out of 10? If any number. Um, I would say a three. Ooh, you gave it some numbers. Because there are some cool things. Like, some of the shots are cool. Some of the kills are cool. It's fucking bloody. The, the, I mean, would I recommend it? No. That's my question. My second question to you is, should I watch it? I mean, if you're curious, I mean, if if anything that I said piques your curiosity whatsoever, I guess you watch it in a, like, this movie sounds like a mess. I kind of want to watch, like, a fucking hot mess. But I feel like it'll just make you pissed off as to, like, why the fuck? I think you know me well enough that I'll probably be like that. But, you know, I'm also eternally curious. I just don't know if – here's the thing, Nick. If you're going to recommend it to the peoples, you need to, to – Do not let pay them know, money. Is Do there, not pay money. Is it worth this. your time and is it worth your money? So you, what you're saying, Nick, is wait to watch. Well, Wait to watch till it's free or whatever. It's I on mean, HBO it's, Max, right? It's free right now, yeah, but it's not going to be forever. It, I think it ends at the beginning of October. But I'll tell you this. Do not pay to watch this movie. <laughs> okay. You've heard it live from Nick 
in my opinion. That's just my opinion, you guys. All these motherfuckers online are saying fucking 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Fuck that, dude. That's bullshit. Okay. Well, but, uh, Nicholas K. Jackson, even though that's not his middle name, I don't know his middle name, I can't remember, <laughs> but he is a certified fresh movie reviewer and a patron. <laughs> a I mean, patron I like Saints. some dumb movies, dude. You guys just uh, look forward to some swag. Uh, we're going to make some necklaces uh, that says the no, patron saint of horror movies, Nicholas Jackson. It's going to have him uh, with a little halo on his head, and you can pray to him and stuff. But, yeah, um, but we're, not, we're not doing that. No, we're not fucking doing that. We're not doing that. We're fine. Dude. Just, <laughs> it's just an idea. Dude. Right. Dude, down, dude. We can't even run an Instagram, dude. Come on now. You can't let the guest like just start making ideas. Right, I mean, you fine. can, but like they're not going to happen because I'm lazy. But it's, you're like, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not doing that, dude. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> also it looks like uh, si- who is Sydney Lake in the movie? Sydney Lake. That's the sister. Okay, sister played by Maddie Hans- Hassan or Hassan. Um, is in a show called Impulse, which is based on the third novel in the Jumper book series. Interesting. And we liked Jumper. You remember that? That's a slept-on movie. I've never seen Jumper. Oh, my goodness. Okay, me and Austin, your brother, liked that movie a lot with Hayden Christensen. But, uh, anyways... So she's in a um a basically Christensen is sus, dude. Dude, he's he's probably the most sus actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. The end. Be- I mean, because he tried to get himself back into Star Wars and they were like <sighs> Why, dude? All right. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta take the L, dude. If you're in Star Wars only people that have survived Star Wars are Ewan McGregor and Samuel Jackson and Christopher Lee. Well, and uh, Liam Neeson oh, yeah, actually Neeson. transcended because he actually was, uh, you know, imposed into the originals on the on the and Harrison Ford uh, special and Harrison edition. Ford. Oh, easily Harrison Ford, please. And Carrie, did you say Carrie Fisher? I didn't say Carrie Fisher, but I mean, what did she do after Star Wars? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, no. Well, no. I mean, Mark Hamill went on to do like some voice work. He did. <laughs> he's I mean, like the Joker in like. Dude, don't get me Batman. wrong. He's a fucking amazing voice actor, dude. He's in Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, dude. Well, yeah, and he's in, he did the Joker and other multiple voices in a in lot of different iterations of batman shows yeah. batman beyond uh, and the video games the arkham, video the games arkham asylum video games arkham asylum dude yeah i'm telling you dude he's he's legit mark hamill if you're listening to this because i know you're not uh we love you Hello, and man. we hope that you and your teratoma twin brother uh survive and uh, uh live long and prosper oh shit and- Oh my! <laughs> that was an abomination. I'm sorry. Uh, also, Mark Hamill, <laughs> sushi girl, fucking rules, dude. Only, 
Only the real nerds know what that is. That's fucking... It's a wild ass. So movie. I saw, I probably saw like Mark... It. Sushi Land? Sushi Girl. It's basically like these bank robbers meet up like 10 years later or something in this room and there's like this woman in the middle of it who doesn't know what's going on and she's like a naked woman with sushi all over her. You know? Oh, heck yeah. Where's and, this stream like, at? All these people are like <laughs> arguing with each other about who has the money and type shit. It's like Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Kind of. um, mm. And then they start killing each other and this sushi girl like freaks out. Dude. Uh, okay. But then like crazy shit happens. Like, it, dude, it's a cool movie. Also, Tony Todd's in it. And Tony Todd is um, plays Candyman in the OG Candyman. But so uh, the only yeah. the only other movie I saw Mark Hamill in that like after Star Wars or maybe even between uh, episodes. Uh-huh. I know, dude. Was huh? What? It was this movie called. Okay, now I can't. I can't find it, but it's a. Uh... It's essentially like a like a movie Vietnam, and he plays Dick, and I'm like, oh my, that's that's Mark Hamill, and he, you know, it was just wild to me to see it, and and he just had a brief part as a, like a army medic or something. I was like, oh, that's what's... wild. You know what other Dude, movie? He's the he... na- Nick. He is the narrator in Call of Duty Two. Mark Hamill. Yeah, dude, that doesn't surprise me. What? Dude, he... He's in Johnny he's, Bravo. He, dude, he's done a lot of voice work. He's also in the Anyways. regular show. He was in Metalocalypse. He was in... Um, he's in Invincible, the new show on okay. Prime that everybody should watch. He was also in Jay and Silent Bob. I just saw that as Cockknocker. <laughs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> we better get the hell out of here, bro. Yeah, hey, so... let's wrap this up. I thought we were landing the plane. Well, we were until you kept fucking blabbing, dude. That's what I do. That's what happens when you invite a guest. Do you know? Do you know how? What our sign off is, dude? I don't. Is it like Kwanzaa, dude? You have to. We have to say it at the same time. Okay. One, two, three. Kwanzaa, dude. Kwanzaa, dude. Well, that works. Kwanzaa, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kwanzaa, dude. Hey. Kwanzaa dudes, 